Read and hear more about important news and policy issues at ncpolicywatch.com. This is News and Views. Welcome to News and Views. I'm your host, Rob Schofield. A decade ago, before they came to power, Republican politicians in North Carolina, like then-Senate Minority Leader Phil Berger, along with conservative think tanks like the John Locke Foundation, happily partnered with good government groups like Common Cause to champion the enactment of nonpartisan redistricting that would be overseen by an independent commission. Today, sadly, that talk is a distant memory, and as North Carolinians have borne painful witness in recent days, redistricting in our state remains a corrupt and opaque process in which politicians draw gerrymandered maps behind closed doors that are rigged to elect large GOP majorities. Fortunately, despite this maddening trend, civil rights and good government groups are still waging a spirited battle for fair maps and have once again asked the courts to step in. And recently, I got a chance to sit down with one of the leaders of that effort, Common Cause North Carolina Executive Director Bob Phillips. Well, Bob, welcome back to News and Views. Good to have you back with us, my friend. Great to see you, Rob. Nice to be here. There's a big process going on at the General Assembly where we're redrawing legislative and congressional maps, but we're doing it in the middle of early November. What's going on? Well, I'll say that, you know, there is no decision that will be more important than this one as far as what lawmakers do, maybe any time this decade, but certainly this year, even though it is late in the year, this is, you know, the decision where the districts, legislative and congressional, are determined for elections that will take us right up to 2032. That's <laughs> a long time. I don't know that I'll be here in 2030. <laughs> we all wonder. This, but it sets the course really for North Carolina because it's sort of, as we know, unfortunately, from districting, uh, so many of our legislative and congressional seats are preordained. So, you know, we often know who and how the legislature complains is going to look and the congressional delegation. Why it's this late? Normally, this would have been done by the middle of July or end of July. That's the way it worked 10 years ago. But the census data, a lot with COVID being involved and the numbers didn't come in until early August. I will say this has not been the best process and we Mm -hmm. may want to talk a little more about that. But here we are, Rob, November 8th, I should say, Mm -hmm. is the time that people who want to run for the legislature must be living in the district that they want to run in. And right now, as you and I are talking, we still don't know what those districts are. And imagine if you were uh, interested in, you know, running for office, how do you do it? You know, it's really crazy. Yeah, it seems like it's been a crazy process. And I do want to ask you about so many of the flaws that have been a part of it. But the headline going on right now, of course, is that Common Cause North Carolina, along with some other civil rights organizations, has filed a suit in state court seeking a declaratory judgment, seeking to get the courts to step in and stop this process and halt what they say is an unconstitutional, illegal act by our legislature in the process of drawing the maps. Can you describe to us sort of what the basis of that suit is and what your hopes are for it? I'll do my best. And unlike you, I'm not an attorney. So, uh, you know, maybe you <laughs> so might. So it'll be understandable. <laughs> I, well, I don't know about that. But anyhow, first and foremost, and we, we don't really take any joy in being involved in yet another redistricting lawsuit. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to see litigation. And I'll also add, you know, I'm Rob full of factoids. Every single election in the last decade was uh, ultimately run on districts that were found to be unconstitutional, except for the last one when we had the litigation, Common Cause v. Lewis, where um, the legislative districts were redrawn for the 2020 election, and those were constitutional districts. What we are doing, though, now is we're trying to just tell the lawmakers and through the courts, put the brakes on what they are doing, because 
it is a flawed process. And maybe this is a bad analogy, but you know, imagine you're baking a cake with poor and bad ingredients, <laughs> but you don't want to go ahead and do that. You want to really kind of just stop the process and start over. What we are saying they have done is they are violating what the Voting Rights Act requires in the Stevenson v. Bartlett state Supreme Court decisions affirmed. And that is where you must look at race and draw your voting rights districts first. And what they call county clusters, this is part of the formula of grouping counties in certain parts of the state to uh, make your districts, that all that must be first viewed in the lens uh, through the you know VRA, the Voting Rights Act. And this current legislature has, in their criteria, said, we're not going to look at race. We're going to be drawing this race neutral. <laughs> and uh, the lawyers, uh, Southern Coalition for Social Justice Council that filed this, and we are co-plaintiffs with the North Carolina NAACP, uh, stating that uh, lawmakers, you're, you're violating the state constitution. And I will say that they sent letters to the legislative leadership a month ago and then did it a few weeks ago. And the suit was filed October 29th. I guess we all felt like we just couldn't stay on the sidelines and watch this without doing something. The lawmakers claim they're not taking race into account, but it seems to be a rather strange coincidence that in the districts that we have begun to see, it turns out that voters of color sort of losing a lot of the representation they were they had in the past and would likely have less going forward. Is that a fair assessment? That is the state Senate map, and there's 50 state senators representing the state of North Carolina. And in the northeastern part of the state, which is traditionally you know, referred as the Black Belt, a lot of minority-majority counties. Currently, there are three African-American state senators representing that part of the state. This current Senate map would take two of those three Black state senators out. In other words, putting them in districts they could not win. And it just doesn't seem like that is fair. I think our lawyers are pointing out that, again, the VRA and what's called a racial polarized voting analysis, and that's to kind of see if indeed these are counties and areas where contests, you're seeing African-American voters go one way and white voters go the other. And uh, that's not been done. Uh, The legislature says there is no need And they seem to be holding firm that they are not going to look at race at all. Although I think there's perhaps a suspicion amongst many advocates that deep down, they may not be formally considering it, but since nobody knows their legislative districts better than legislators almost intuitively, there's seems unlikely that they're not taking race into account. It just may be that they're taking it into account in a in a way that's disadvantaging people of color. At least that seems to be the suspicion in some circles. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're making the point I should have made because I know you're, you're asking me that and it's teeing it up nicely. And I guess this is what the problem really with even our victory, our landmark victory in Kamikaze v. Lewis, which found that partisan gerrymandering is unconstitutional uh, to the state constitution. And again, the criteria that this current legislature has said, we're not going to look at race and we're not going to look at partisan data. But again, I think you and I can And anyone can just assume no one's walking in and they're not looking at a blank canvas or a blank screen. There's no way to enforce it. Uh, I cannot imagine, and no, I don't have any proof, but do I think that people are playing around with the software we have today, as I know we all do, and playing around and creating maps? Of course I do. There is absolutely, it's hard for me to imagine that the honorables are going in there. They have zero idea where they are going, what maps they are going to create. I mean, just the congressional maps, alone. I think three of the majority drawn maps are 
Two of them are probably 11 to three, the 14 congressional districts we have. Maybe the other one is 10 to four. You know, how do you do that if you're really yeah. trying to say, oh, we're not looking at any kind of partisan and, and, and uh, racial data? And I'll just say this last thing, and I know I might be jumping ahead. We're always going to have a flawed process as long as lawmakers, be they Democrats or Republicans, are drawing their own districts. It'll always be, in our, in our opinion, a flawed process. We're talking with Bob Phillips, who's the executive director of Common Cause North Carolina, about the um, much contested redistricting process that's underway at the North Carolina General Assembly. There are a lot of flaws that we've identified. Bob, your organization has identified. You alluded to the, the partisan nature of the gerrymandering that's going on. It is striking when one sees uh, the maps, and, and perhaps we should go back to that, the fact that even if you set aside issues of race, it's clear that these maps are drawn in a way in a narrowly divided, effectively a 50-50 purple state to guarantee large majorities for Republicans that they wouldn't get if we had a, a fair map drawing process. Indeed, I think it's the Princeton gerrymandering project gave these maps, or at least one of these maps that the Senate had put out for the congressional districts, an F for its partisanship. It's it's blatant partisanship. That's a battle you've been fighting for a long time. And it seems that um, the Republican leadership at the General Assembly remains committed to pursuing that as far as they can. We are a nonpartisan organization, and I will just make some factual observations and just pick Greensboro, third largest city in our state that is a Democratic city. In the, in the last uh, five presidential elections, they have voted Democratic. And I think the last year's split was something like 60 to 38. Well, that uh, city is spliced up into three congressional districts, one that goes from downtown Greensboro all the way to the Blue Ridge Mountains. And another one goes from, again, Greensboro to Holly Springs and Fuquay Verena. And then yet the third one uh, goes down south to the Charlotte Motor Speedway. I mean, it's just like, why would you split a city. And oh, by the way, those three congressional districts will all, according to analysis that's done, produce Republican representation. Again, I'm saying this in a neutral, nonpartisan voice, just kind of stating the facts, but I don't know how you can say that's fair. It's a remarkable situation. We're coming near the end of our time with Bob Phillips, the executive director of Common Cause North Carolina. You think there's a better way to do this? We don't have to necessarily be stuck in this cycle where we have maps drawn and then they go to court and we have to have the courts involved in micromanaging the redistricting process. And indeed, it, there are some states where this isn't the case, right? I mean, it, there, there's a way to do this that could produce something that's a lot fairer, a lot less partisan, a lot less gerrymandered. Rob, I'd love to right now go down to the legislative building and join hands with Speaker Tim Moore and President Pro Tem Philberger and remind them that they both more than a half dozen times sponsored comprehensive, meaningful redistricting reform. Oh, by the way, when their party was out of power, but they had it right once upon a time. And those bills that they proposed would do what we would like to see done and what is being done in California and Michigan. And that's where you have something independent from the lawmakers drawing the districts. And really in one of the bills that both uh, at the time, Representative Moore and Senator Berger uh, proposed was creating a citizens commission, just like California has. They filed and sponsored that legislation in 2009. And that's what we want. And I'd love to get them back on that train. 
seems like something that eventually is going to happen. I guess the last question I have for you, Bob, is so things are happening rapidly. As you say, we're coming up on a deadline in which people should be living in the in the, the new districts, which haven't even been finalized yet as we record this. What should happen with the process going forward? We're supposed to have primaries in March, right? How could we make this work? What If the courts do intervene and rule favorably on the lawsuit that's been filed, how might things look going forward as far as uh, common cause is concerned? Great question. Pulling information that I should have actually also stated regarding the lawsuit. If we were to uh, be successful, particularly initially, we are seeking a preliminary injunction to move the primary election from March 3rd or whenever it is, the first Tuesday Mm -hmm. to May, which was the traditional uh, primary date. And basically that's to give the legislature more time, stop the process right now, let's do a redo, if you will, and then what you need to do to avoid this kind of confusion that you've just talked about is push back the primary election. Because again, we are, as we are recording this, uh, as you and I are talking, the maps have not been adopted and we're days away from that. It's in our constitution, the one-year residency requirement, where you have to have lived in the district that you were going to run in for one year before the election date. That's November 8th. You know, again, we've left scant little time for folks who may want to move if they see a district that they think they could win and want to run in. But um, that's what our litigation seeks to do, among other things, is to push back that primary, stop the process, and force the legislature to do the redo following the rules of the VRA. We hope very much that the courts listen to your um, to your plea and, and do the right thing. This is uh, something that all North Carolinians should be very interested in, paying very close attention to. We thank you, Bob, for your work and for Common Cause's work in representing the citizenry. And um, we look forward perhaps to checking in uh, maybe in uh, early 2022 when we look back on the victory you've uh, achieved and maybe the fairer maps that have been drawn in the interim time. That's a nice thought, Rob. Again, always good to be with you. Coming up next, a special two-part conversation with an award-winning middle school social studies teacher about the battle over how we teach kids about racism in American history. Stay with us. <laughs> 